The Fend, brought to you by George's Fine Meats in Cherrybrook. Welcome to the Fan Series 2, Episode 17, brought to you by George's Fine Meats, Cherrybrook, Adam Hawes, with Gary, Jimmy Jack, as always, the Tigers legend in the hot seat. And today, a very special guest to help us get through lockdown. It's one of Rugby League's genuine good guys, a real character. And let's not forget also a premiership winner. It's a big welcome to Paul Nobby Clark. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Hawesy. Good to see you, Jimmy. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show, Nobby. Fantastic to see you. Yeah, yeah, Nobby, you played with uh, the Tigers, the Panthers, and also the Eels. What are you doing with, with yourself these days? I've been working in the wine game. I've been in the wine game now for 22 years. I work for a little winery called Molly's Trader Wines. And uh, I don't know nothing about wines, but I know a lot about sales. And it's uh, um, been fantastic for the last 21, 22 years. And uh, um, life's pretty good. I can't complain. All right, we'll have to sample some of the product at a later date. Jimmy doesn't mind a little tipple, hey, Jimmy? A nice cab sab would be very much appreciated, Nobby. He used to pester me in the locker room at Balmain when he's a young bloke, you know, and always looking for advice and, you know, wanted to improve his game. So oh, I, I gave him some advice and obviously he must have listened to me because he certainly kicked on from those days. No, no, Jimmy, when I left, went to Penrith, I, uh, I just thought that would become a better player. I left, I left you behind. Huh. Yeah, you uh, still... <laughs> We'll get on to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're going to talk through some of the issues uh, shortly, but I'd love to reminisce a little first, Nobby, if you don't mind. Uh, take us back to that first grade debut, uh, round 16, 1984 versus Manly at Brookvale Oval. What are your memories of that one? Uh, one thing I remember, Horsey, was it was Les Boyd's first game back from his uh, 12 months suspension of getting uh, hitting Daryl Brown with his elbow. Uh-huh. I was um, cooing myself, I was shitting myself. Um, unbelievable before the game, but Frank Stanton just come up before the game and just said to me that uh, there's there's every television stations here, every radio stations here. Do you think he's going to do something silly on this game? He won't. He'll be as quiet as a mouse. He'll be an absolute uh, um, gentleman on the game. There's no on the on the day he won't. There's no way he'll do anything uh, illegal. So that put me to at rest. And uh, uh, it's good to say that when we first ever first got game, we had a win. We had a lot of blokes out it's, through Origin, through Jimmy was at Origin and uh, Blocker and uh, Junior and maybe Benning, and they probably had a couple as well. But it's always good to have a win in your first uh, first grade game. And what did Les Boyd do? I did nothing. That game against Manly, you won fifteen to four. You packed down next to one Benny Elias, who was only just starting out himself. I think. How'd you find BE in those early days? That's one thing uh, Benning always was was confident, but he, uh, but great footballer, great bloke. He, uh, he was, uh, he just changed the game. You know, it was interesting to play with him at that stage because he, he used to watch him. He didn't do what normal hookers did. He did different things. He'd run from dummy half. He'd throw the big dummy and go straight down the middle. He'd kick field goals. He'd kick the line. Uh, he changed the way the game was played, especially in regard to the hookers. Take us back. What was your first bake from a coach? I noticed you had Frank Stanton back there at Balmain. Did he give you a bit of a rev up? No, Frank was all right. I don't think I ever did anything. My best bake was uh, Phil Gould gave me a bake actually in the 91 grand final. I, um, I, I dropped the ball and six tackles later, uh, Canberra, Canberra scored, scored a try. 
and Ricky Stewart kicked the ball over Paul Smith's head. And anyway, so at half time I've walked in and uh, Gus, has, Gus has given everyone a pay. We played terrible against him in the first half. And then he's, he's turned around and said, Smithy, if you had have caught that ball in Ricky Stewart, I thought, this is fantastic. I'm going to blame Smithy for me dropping the ball six tackles earlier. He goes, if you would have caught that ball, Nobby wouldn't feel so bad about dropping the ball originally and then proceed to carve me up and pull me. You know Arthur Beats and Nobby. You think you're playing unbelievably well, but you're playing crap, blah, 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 blah. And just gave it to him. Anyway, after the game, he's come up to me and, and said to me, Nobby, after I'm sitting on the um, on the bench just waiting uh, around, just thinking how lucky I am to win a comp, Gus comes up and goes, um, Nobby, you and me in the match today. I said, what? He said, yeah, you and me in the match. I said, no, nah, Gus, stop. And I dropped the ball and they scored six tackles later. I turned around and uh, the yardage was bad in the first half, missed a few tackles. But in the second half, I went a bit better. It was one of our better players. He said, yeah, that's why you and me in the match. I said, why? He said, because you were Canberra's best player in the first half and one of our better ones in the second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Nobby. <laughs> Any other Coach Bake stories you've got there? Sure, I would, uh had had a shot on the weekend and, and he uh, got, us, got, us, got everyone in for a video uh, session and uh, he brought in a cowbell and he walked up to Ciro and said, every time you run the ball, Ciro, hit the cowbell. And Ciro's going, what do you mean? He said, just hit the cowbell when I watch the video. So next thing we're watching the video and uh, after 17 minutes, Ciro goes, bing, hits the cowbell. 36 minutes, bing, oh, another run, Sarah. Two runs in the half, Sarah. Very good. <laughs> and just and, and just, just left it at that. So just embarrassed Sarah in front of another 14, 15 players, just to turn around and just left him for the, the dead. And next game, Sarah run 27 times. <laughs> <laughs> was, um, what was Junior Pierce like back in those days, Nobby? He was a pin-up boy of that era. Was he as clean cut as we're all led to believe? Uh, oh, um, on the field, mate, he was he was just a great leader. Like for a bloke who was, I think it was 13 and a half stone, that he turned around and um, like he'd lead the hit-ups, he'd lead the tackles and all that. And he just set a good example. And he, he, he just, I reckon he probably took um, rugby league in the professional era in the in the fact uh, of, of looking after yourself and making yourself fit and making yourself ready for a game and how you ate and all that sort of thing. So he set a really good example of Balmain, you know, when the captain's doing what he's doing uh, on the field, you know, it just said, you know, you just wanted to follow him. So, yeah, no, but you come into the Tigers a great time in 1984. Um, they made the final, the semis 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. Um, what was it like being a young bloke um, playing with all those, uh, well, yeah, state of origin and Australian players as a young bloke coming? Because you played a lot of reserve grade as well early on at the Tigers. That was, uh, my th- Bellman had a really strong pack of forwards. They had two strong packs of forwards, both first grade and reserve grade. Like, um, mm-hmm. Credo was underrated. Uh, was Billy Kane, David Brooks, uh, John Elias when he came later on, Kevin Hardwick, Tony Owens. So there was a lot of really good players. So it, you had to fit in between um, Locker, Benny, uh, Ciro, and Junior took up four spots. And then when Bruce McGuire came along later, he was the fifth. He, he, he was an international set. There was five internationals and there was one spot for about 15 blokes to try and fit into. So uh, um, that was one thing Belmont were always strong at. at, at always had a strong pack of forwards. Their backs were, weren't so strong at all. 
particularly fullback. Yeah, he was ordinary. Yeah, very. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't tackle, no. Um, you were there in 88 as well, Nobby, with, with Ellery Hanley. What was that like? He was just quality. There was no quantity in him. He only touched a ball half a dozen times in each half, but it was just quality. And he just he just scored a try when he when you needed no one needed to score a try to win the game. He got the job done. And uh, unbelievable player, unbelievable player. Yeah. So, Nobby, you yeah. signed. Um, sorry, Jimmy, you signed with the Panthers for nineteen ninety. What got you across there? How'd that happen? I got a phone call just out of the blue one day saying uh, from Ross Gig, and Ross Gig was almost unbelievably thinking, why are we signing this player? We could almost hear it in his voice. But anyway, <laughs> um, I went out. I just got. I just had to leave Balmain. It was about four or five times I tried to leave Balmain and something was going against me or whatever. But um, just got not, um, So I just went out there and um, uh, just had, you know, I love Balmain, great place, great club, but just, just had to get out to play first grade, as I said, playing behind all those um, internationals. So just got an opportunity and... Um, uh, worked out fantastic. Yeah, you, you played in the in the nineteen ninety and ninety one grand finals, Nobby. Yep. Um, particularly, particularly the ninety one grand final um, when Mark Geyer, uh, well, he was disallowed a try, and then he was sin binned for ten minutes for dissent with Harrigan. Yep. That was a real turning point in the game. You guys were twelve men, uh, and you came back yep. and rallied together. Unbelievable effort against that great Canberra side. So, for, for your effort against Canberra, that side, they are, yeah, Clyde, Lazarus, Walters, Meninga, Daly, Stewart, all those guys. You guys rallied with 12 men to win that day. That must You must be very proud of the Penrith boys after that exhibition that day. We just held on for 10 minutes. Um, and when MG came on, he had a hand in both the, the, the tries that won us the game. But um, I've got to give it to Canberra, uh, Jimmy, but he. Like they'd come from um, fifth spot, so they played, you know, four games, three games, four games before they played us. We were fresh as daisies, and it took us to about the 72nd, 73rd minute to win the game. And, uh, the, you know, the, they were busted. Laurie Daly was injured, Ricky Stewart was injured, and, uh, and we, were, we would have beaten any other side by 50 in the second half, but Canberra was such a good tie that they uh, they held on until, as I said, for seven minutes to go, we just come over the top of them and, uh, and uh, got the win. Hey, what was it like when you're on the field? Um, uh, you just scored the try, and Greg Alexander, you're ahead by what uh, by five points, and Greg Alexander kicked the goal from the sideline to put your head by seven with three to go. What was that moment like? It was just unbelievable, but it was also a relief because I'd been with Balmain for those two grand finals, even though I didn't play. I was still part of the squad. Then we got beaten 90. And then um, 90 when we finally won it. So, mate, it was, it was relief. And um, I was the worst player on the field, Jimmy, but I was me in the match of celebrating. Now, <laughs> I, I know you weren't, Nubby. You weren't the worst player on the field, that's for sure. You never let anyone down, mate, at the Tigers. And you're, you're a great clubman with Balmain. And, you know, it was great to see you have such success um, at, at Penrith. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you were you – were, you're a, a tremendous player there, and they just we had just had so much depth that it was hard um, hard to give everyone a run, as you explained there earlier. But uh, you know, you you were you were a fantastic player. I'm so glad you kicked on to your successes at that Penrith. Nobby, can I just go back to that game '91? For me, that's up on the podium as one of the best grand finals of all time. I think it's probably a little bit underrated. I, I thought it was such a gripping contest. The Raiders had won two premierships in a row. 
you guys were gunning for your first title and they, as you mentioned, just wouldn't let go of the trophy. They just hung on and hung on. I mean, you talk about Barman 89, the number of chances the Tigers had in that game. You guys had a stack of half chances or full-blown chances in 91, but just couldn't quite get over the line because the um, the Raiders, you know, Mal and those guys just kept dragging you back. Uh, wave after wave of Penrith attack. Did you start to think this isn't just, this isn't going to happen? Just as kept sending messages out with the trainers, listen, go to the 80th minute. If we, win, we can win this in the 80th minute. And uh, so we just kept going. And just and after the pay, you give us at half time, the best pay ever for the whole squad. Um, we were just, we weren't going to die um, wondering sort of thing. And uh, we, a couple of them tries, uh, Brad Izzard um, got the ball ripped out, which um, uh, was unfortunate. And Greg Barwick, as you say, Mel Meninga pulled him back. So, uh, yeah, that's why they're international players. That's why they, they, you know, they play for Australia because they, they, they can do things that, that, that change games. And uh, But uh, in the end there, we uh, just wore them down and because we had fresh legs, mate. We only played, we played two easy games at the end of the year. Then we played the semi-final against Norse, had a break. But we were fresh as days. You say, mate, we were, um, we were always going to go to the 80th minute. And, um, as I said, 72nd minute, we got it done. When MG is going off like a firecracker, is there any point trying to calm him down or is that an impossible task? Bill Gould one time, MG, he, he just got that worked up before a game. And I'm not saying before the green final, uh, but one time um, he wanted to rev us up. We got beat the week before. This is during the year in 91. And he told MG to go and see the doctor. Uh, he wants to see. He said, what for? So just go see the doctor. So, because him, um, Gus didn't want to rev us up with him during the room because MG could get knock someone out in the first minute and get sent off. So, he sent me sent more, um, uh, <laughs> and the doctor didn't know what it was all about. In in '91, there were games where you know there was only one camera watching the game, um, you know, before Fox and all that sort of thing. He did some things and then knocked the blokes around, or even knocked the bloke out every second game. He wouldn't, MD wouldn't be able to play these days. He would not be let the way he played then. But he was he was um, fantastic. He only played 12 or 13 games throughout the year for us, but he was fantastic for us. I still reckon he was the best player in the field. Just go off on the football part of it uh, in the grand final. Had a hand in all three tries. Knocked Steve Walters, Cargo in the first set of six. Put a shot on Lazarus. And um, for a bloke who, uh, who was a lunatic, he was fantastic for us that day. Yeah, and uh, the great uh, skipper, Roycey Simmons, scores two tries in a grand final. You, you know, you couldn't script a better retirement than to score two tries and, and yeah, really win the grand final, two match-winning tries for, for Penrith. I think in 1990, he only played about eight games. In 1991, he only played about seven games because Gus knew that Royce was running on old legs. Incredible that a bloke who's played footy for 30 years has never scored two tries in his life and does it in, in his last ever game. Yeah, and, and Gus said to you about, about you know it's it's never over until the 80th minute. Look, I played with Royce in New South Wales and Australia, and Royce was a hundred percent. Royce Royce was you know in '86 you know undefeated, but Royce you know kept Benny out, and Royce played for the hundred minutes, and he was there, and he was you know, leading by example, and a bit of luck came his way with those tries, but you know he, he's the bloke that's that's if you're going to play for 80 minutes, it's because of Royce. Um, you know, and, and you could tell his leadership shone through that day. And uh, you know, he'd been there for a long time, and you know, he, he played to the to the to the eighty first minute till it was all over. And um, it was, it was that, that's what was great. You know, they'd won two in a row, Canberra, and if they'd have won three, they would have equaled the the great Parramatta side of eighty one, eighty two, eighty three. So 
I was it was great to see you blokes pip them off. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Absolutely, it was great to see you guys pip them because um, you know uh, as they got lucky in, in '89 and. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's still burns with you, freaking thirty years later. Bobby, so you're with uh, you were involved in three grand final losses in a row, really. Uh, even though you didn't play 88, 89, you did play ninety with the Panthers, who went down to the Raiders eighteen fourteen. I think one of the theories from that grand final is that maybe the Panthers were just happy to make the grand final and they celebrated a little bit early and and probably weren't at their best on game day. Is that fair? Before the grand final breakfast, we went down and stayed because it was so far away and the breakfast was at 7 o'clock in the morning on the Friday. We stayed overnight at the Four Seasons on the Thursday. Well, you can take the boys out of Penrith, but you can't take the Penrith out of Bowls. <laughs> they, they, they went out a party in one of the rooms. One of the, the blokes that were taking, taking up uh, Dom Perignon and Mum and all the champagne. Well, these blokes are used to be passion pop. And uh, anyway, so... Um, they were having a party, and it feel funny that some bloke who was a Mad Panda fan let Phil Gould know they're having a party. He went upstairs and found six or seven of them having a, having a drink two days, drinking a Mad Party two days out from uh, from the grand final. So um, I, I, we, we thought we thought we were good enough to beat Canberra on that day. They, if Ricky Stewart don't play, we win. Ricky Stewart, if forty twenties were in these days, he kicked ten of them. Well, Nobby, before we talk about your glory years at Parramatta, uh, we need to get Jimmy's code word out of the way. This is where you get 10% off your next order at uh, George's Fine Meats, Cherry Brook. It's a huge <laughs> honour for whoever has bestowed the code word. I know Jimmy puts a lot of time into coming up with a name or a word for us. So who is it this week, Jimmy? The, the code word for this week is Nobby. There you go. Nobby. So that they say Nobby at George's Fine Meats, they get 10% off their meat. That's the code word. Congratulations, Nobby. <laughs> what a huge honour. <laughs> They'll be lining up. Right, so why did you leave Penrith? I just, I, you know, I just done my time, mate, and Parramatta, Penrith, well, Penrith were after chasing after Paul Harrigan in a big way because Gus was involved with him in the origin. And so they were after him in a big way, and Gary Petheridge, who was a 21s coach, said, Nobby, uh, just want to let you know, mate, they're after Paul Harrigan. They get in, mate, and you're gone. So I made some inquiries. Um, the great Dennis Fitzgerald found out and made a phone call and said, I'm going down to Parramatta, which is this was close to the home as well. So it's just one of those ones towards you. Besides Harrigan, you know, I've done my time at um, Penrith and uh, time to move on. And how would you describe your two years at the Eels? Off the field, unbelievable. That's two years of my life. Because I was in my life. My role, I was I was the sponsors coordinator with Steve Edge. Steve Edge looked after all the sponsors. Now Edge didn't want to go to uh, Edge had to work in the office, so I I'd, I'd have to represent the club at golf days, uh, lunches, harbour cruises, whatever. Um, so off the field, it was fantastic. On the field, uh, I wasn't great. I'd, I'd, I'd come I'd, I'd come to the end of my career. I, I went good in '94, uh, and '95 I was terrible, absolutely terrible. So. Uh, Hey, Nobby, you, I'll just take you down memory lane just one more time there in 95. Do you remember 95? I think it was about the second last game. You played the, the Sydney Tigers at oh, Paramount Stadium. This up. I knew you'd bring this up. This is what? outrageous. What? Go on. Tell you them how the, you scored a try. Yeah, go on. Do, do, you remember, 
<laughs> you came off the bench that day, Nobby. But do you remember that that game against the Sydney Tigers? I, I don't remember that. I don't remember that game at all, Jay. No, I, I I I remember it fondly because it was my second last game at, at the Tigers. I'd come back from England, been retired for three years. I got the ball about sixty metres out. I beat five Parramatta blokes. You were one of the five I beat. I think you're on the bench, and I ran around you on the bench and scored a try under the post to give the Tigers a 26-16 victory um, at Parramatta Stadium. Speaking of try scoring, Nobby, your try scoring increased uh, at the Eels. You only scored six tries for your career, but you scored three of them from 36 games at Parramatta. Before that, you had three in 150 games. So you became a, a try scoring wizard. What do you put that down to? Well, the opposition was sort of saying, let him go, because he won't run. He can't run that old man. <laughs> the blokes on the outside, and next little hole would go through, and I was gone. No, I think two of them were bombs, where they'd hit, hit blokes and come back to me, and another one would pass over from, from, uh, from, uh, from dummy ass. So that's how I got three tries. Oh, they all count. They all count. They're all, they're all four points, Jimmy. Uh, Nobby, who was the best player you ever played with or against? Best player I played with was well, probably MG or Benny. MG just for that one year was fantastic. Um, Benny just for how good he was changed the game. Best player I played against was either Alan Lena, who was just incredible how small that bloke was and just played tough and didn't have a lot of speed, or Brad Clyde. Brad Clyde, he had to pick the um, the type of footballer who would be the epitome of just a footballer, he would be he could play every position except probably hooker and halfback. Okay, just finishing up now, um, what are we thinking for State of Origin 3? Do we give uh, Queensland any chance or is it going to be a Blues clean sweep? I think I think, um, I think Queensland have a chance because I think it's the best side they've picked. Yeah. Pong is dangerous and he's playing at home uh, and he's home ground in Newcastle. Uh, no Cleary is a big loss as much as Mitchell Moses is a good player. He's no Nathan Cleary, and I just hope that I just hope that um, Jack White gets the ball to the centres like um, Penrith Five Eight was doing over the the last couple of games. Because there you're danger. I just hope Jack White, who's a running Five Eight, doesn't feel yeah. that he's got to run the ball all the time. So uh, I still think New South Wales, but I think we'll be a lot closer than the others. Jimmy, what did you think of Mitchell Moses coming in? You've you've um, you've, you've... <laughs> I wouldn't say you're his biggest. You're not his biggest critic, but you've had you've had some criticism of him over the uh, past. Yeah, yeah. And well, and, and you know, look, good, good on him. He's, he's he's playing for New South Wales. That's a great honour to play for your state, and it'd be, it's a great achievement. He should be very proud of himself for being picked. Um, you know, I, I didn't realise that um, he was what third. In the, in try assists for the season, he's fifteenth of the season. I didn't realise that he was, he was such a he had such a high completion rate. But then I realised that twelve of the fifteen were from kicks. So um, look, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter for New South Wales. He, he just the gaps are going to open up. Um, the forwards are going to make the meters up the middle. Uh, he's just got to give it to Jack White, and then hopefully Jack White will pass it on to the centres. Um, if just give early ball, you know, their, our three quarters should um, should take them apart. Um, I think he will give early ball early on. Just look for the gaps towards the back end of the game. Uh, will Mitchell Moses. And yeah, he, he's done well. He really he really has. He, he's still developing as a player. Um, you know, but it's, look, it's a great honour to play for your state. And I wish Mitchell all the best. Yeah, Sometimes you, 
you, you get one chance, sometimes you get no chances, sometimes you get 15 chances. You know, he's at the right place at the right time now with um with Cleary being out. And if he wants to take the next step, then he needs to grab it with both hands and um and come off as you know, man of the match um on the weekend and show everyone that he, he's on the big stage. I, I just feel uh, I just hope he doesn't overplay his role. He's just got to pass that, keep passing that ball, keep passing that ball, just kick it down. And he's just got to have a good game. He, he doesn't have to have a blind or nothing sort of thing because he's clearly will come back in the future, but he just wants to be in the, hopefully in the future that if clearly does get injured, he turns around and um, and uh, is the second choice. But all he's got to do is a solid game, uh, kick the ball, pass the ball, and don't miss any tackles. And he's had a solid game. Except I was winning one of Agreed. It is uh, Fend at the end time now. Jimmy, just quickly, your take on the Dragons, the Dirty Dozen, or actually became 13, who um, have all copped suspensions and, in fact, Paul Vaughan was sacked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, my take, look, architect, uh, Paul Vaughan was the architect of his own demise, mate. Like, he's he's 30 years of age. You know, he's played New South Wales, Australia. You know, he set a very poor example for, um, for his club, the culture in his club. Like, he's a leader. And leaders don't do that sort of stuff. You know, we all want to have a good time. And, you know, they're all professional footballers. They get very, very, very well paid to just play footy. So why wouldn't you just look, just get off the drink? Um, just look after yourself. You know, the, the, the club is struggling at the moment, trying to be competitive. They haven't been in a good run for the last 10 weeks. Um, you know, I think he got what he deserved because he, he brought other people with him. He tried to bring them down as well um, with his with his attitude and his, his sort of, Entitlement. And that's what really upset me. Sort of entitlement that they think they could have a party when the whole freaking Sydney, Wollongong, Newcastle's in, in lockdown, but they think they can have a bloody party and get away with it. It's just beggar's belief. And my mum would say, off goes your head and on goes a pumpkin. That's what my mum would say. <laughs> that's exactly what happened there. Off goes your head, on goes a pumpkin because it was just thinking of him. They were just thinking of themselves. Strong words there from the great Jimmy Jack. Nobby, I've got to wrap it up, but thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time and a few of the old stories. Jimmy, as always, mate, great job. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to Episode 17, Series 2 of The Fend. Thanks also to George's Fine Meats at Cherrybrook. We'll be back again next week to wrap up Origin 3. Until then, stay safe and enjoy the footy. Thanks, Nobby. All the best. Bye, everybody. buddy.